that life is just giving you more than you can handle, please realize that you are not alone. Welcome to Abba Daddy House Girls Speak Out with your hosts, the founders of Abba Daddy House, Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We're here to listen and provide help for you and others. At last, you have a place to speak out and be heard. Now, here are your hosts, Annette and Myrna. Welcome to the world of unknownness, which is a word we made up and we think it's pretty cool. And who are you? I don't know. Who are you? Is that unknown? unknownness? <laughs> I'm Annette. I'm Myrna. And we're glad to visit with you guys again on this rainy, rainy Friday. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping for sunshine five days in a row. No lie. That would be so Two would cool. be great. And we apologize. We cannot go live on Facebook today. It just has kept buffering and buffering and buffering. So we are not live on Facebook. Yeah. Sorry. But we're still here at Major Bargains again in Cottonwood, Idaho, living in this world of unknownness because tell you what, with all this rain, we thought Major Bargains floated away. (laughs) (laughs) So we're excited because we have a good program for you today and we're going to teach you about unknownness. Has everybody experienced it? I don't know. If they don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to spell the word for you. Okay. It's U-N-K-N-O-W-N-N-E-S-S, unknownness. And you won't find it in the dictionary, right? No, you won't. It's in my dictionary, in my brain. Oh, my goodness. That's, <laughs> oh, my goodness. We won't go into that, people. <laughs> she loves my brain. She can't tell you she don't. I do. I made up that word, and I think it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Because I live in unknownness. Mm-hmm. When I wake up in the morning till the time I go to bed, I don't have no knownness in my brain. Mm-hmm. As we go along, we'll tell you what it means, and we'll teach you how to get some tools to tackle unknownness. Because yep. everybody has the tools. That's and right. And the biggest tool we have is God. That's right. You know, last Sunday when we were when we went to to church last Sunday, we had electricity. When we came home from church, we passed a tel- a tree that had actually um, landed on um, the electrical wires, and so when we got home, we had no electricity. Which that was, you know, that was pretty okay because Sunday afternoons is my nap time, so I just slept through it. And the, today, when we came in to do the show. There were three linemen getting ready to put up a whole new pole. And we just stopped and told them we appreciate the work they do because we don't go without electricity very long at all. They do a good job. But they also work in the unknownness because they're dealing with electricity. Yeah. And that's pretty scary sometimes because, I mean, they're, sometimes they're called out in the middle of the night. And it's pretty um, – we have lots of snow and we've had a lot of snow this year. And there they are, called out in the middle of the night to try to find the place where there's a disconnection of the electricity. And so, And go they ahead. never know when they're going to get electrocuted. No, no. And they don't know what they're going to run into. But we appreciate it. And so, we, we begged them for their names. They didn't want to give it to us, but we begged them for their names. So, it is, we want well, to thank One them. of the guys said that they're afraid to be on, on the air. Yeah. And even their name. They're scared to have us put it on the air, and we talked them out of being scared. Mm-hmm. Didn't take much. So we we appreciate Don, Troy, and Eric from Idaho County Light and Power because those are the guys that keep the lights on for us. Yeah, and they do live in unknownness. And they were out there messing with wires while yeah. we talked to them. Mm-hmm. So, so we appreciate them and their hard work. I can tell you in my experience that I live with unknownness every day, every mm-hmm. day of my life. I had a scare come up in the last few months. I have some pain that's out down in my groin area, which is where my cancer is. So I've had like weeks of them thinking my cancer was back. Right. And that was a big, scary spot for me, which is handled right now because I still have the pain, but I don't, the doctors have proved to me it's not my cancer so far. But I'm still in unknownness mm-hmm. because we don't know what's causing it. No. So they're running a whole bunch of tests on me, but I'm not scared no more. 
because I know it's not the cancer. Mm-hmm. They think it could be some other kind of cancer, but I'm not afraid for some reason. The fear of the lymphoma scared me. Some other kind of cancer, I leave that in God's hands. Mm-hmm. So unknownness is still here, mm-hmm. but not as fearful for me right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, that's unknownness. Myrna, yeah. do you live in unknownness? I have. Um, I, when you asked me that question as we were putting the show together, um, I was thinking about family members um, that have, I have an unknownness about their salvation experience and if, you know, and where they are in their relationship with Jesus. And that's very important to me because one of the things that um, Jesus and I kind of had an understanding about is that if, if I left Kansas and I left my children and my grandchildren, excuse me, and my mom and my siblings, that, um, you know, that my which is a hard which is a hard thing to do. That my kids and my grandkids would um, follow him. We kind of God and I kind of made that agreement, and it's hard right now. And I live in a knownness because some of my family members I feel like aren't exactly following God and in that relationship with Christ. So what I do is I walk in faith and I claim the scripture that says when they grow old. They'll return to the teaching of their youth. And so that's my unknownness. But on the other hand, I counteract that with scripture. And I claim that scripture. And even this morning in my quiet time in in John chapter, I think it's 14. It says, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name, in my name, I will give it to you. And so by faith, I'm asking that, that those family members return to a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, yeah, it's my unknownness, but I also have handed it over to him because he knows I don't. And, and you know, unknown, unknownness, excuse me, can be defined as uncertainties in your life, questions you have long to have answers for, you know, those why questions or those because questions, qu- questions that consume you. How about also confuse you, confuse you, Mm -hmm. unfamiliar places where you are and don't want to be. Yeah. Um, You know, I've I've seen that in my in in people's lives. I mean, we're mental health providers and people come in all the time saying, I don't like where I'm at. We told them we painted the room so they'd be comfortable. (laughs) What about the unknownness of peer pressure? Even in adults, we have peer pressure and bullying. We still have bullies as adults. And health issues, like Annette has has uh, mentioned, you know, health issues in our own cells, health issues in our loved ones. And um, again, you can name your unknownness, those dark paths that you're walking down that you don't see where the end is. You don't have any idea where the end is. So, Annette, you were talking about something you saw on the Internet the other day. Yeah, I uh I found when we was talking about doing the show, it just fell in my hands because, you know, we was getting down to the end of the week and you kept saying, we we have to have a show. We don't have nothing written up yet. And I said, God will take care of it because he never fails us. And and I believe that God writes our shows Mm -hmm. and this book. But wait a minute. You know what? That's our unknownness every week. Uh-huh. From Friday to Friday, we never know what our, our um, most likely, we never know, unless we have a guest or something, what our subject is going to, we're going to talk about on Friday. Mm-hmm. And we have to have it written, an episode description handed in, written in by Sunday night. And sometimes all we have is that. And we don't know what's behind it because God hasn't given us that. So we walk into unknownness. Yeah. And what's so funny is that. A lot of times it's God throws something in my head. And Does it hurt? <laughs> no. He's gentle. When oh, he's he gentle when he throws it? Yeah. But what's so funny is that he'll throw something in my head and I'll look at Myrna and I'll go, this is how we write our description. And then she comes up with words to go. Myrna is so awesome with words. And it's from God. It is. and But it's so talented. And... And I know I can depend on her to take any words that I have and she can turn them into a love song. She takes words and really does magic with them. And so 
I'll take a word and I'll throw it at her and I'll say, you can turn this into our introduction for our show. And she does. She does a wonderful job with it. And then she goes, but what are we going to use for the show? And I'll say, I don't know. Uh, I ain't worried about it. God take care of it. Mm-hmm. But Myrna's the part of the part of the business and the partnership that is logical. And I'm the part of the business that says, I don't care. It'll come. I think. I think what has been in a book, and I think we've mentioned this on the show before, I'm like the administrator thingy. Everything's like this, 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 and this. And Annette is the visionary. Yeah. She just she just looks out there and she sees the possibility. And I look out there and say, okay, well, this has to be done and this has to be done and this has to be done. And God put us together. And, and in the unknownness, I think you need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I'm the type of person that says, if I can't get it, God will deliver it. He gave us equipment in our bodies to take care of things. Mm -hmm. He gave us a brain that functions to make everything else work and run. Mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person that says, if my brain don't work, God's does. Mm -hmm. And Myrna's the type that says, yeah, but God gives you a brain to take care of everything. (laughs) And I go, yeah, that's true. So you work your brain and I'll wait for God. (laughs) (laughs) That's about how it works. (laughs) That is. So Thursday, I waited and here it came. A book showed up on Amazon.com, showed up in my books. And I thought, where'd that book come from? I did not order that. So I looked at it. And there it was. I decided I'll take a sample of it because this book sounded interesting. Mm-hmm. And we're doing an unknownness, and it sounded like it had a lot of unknownness mm-hmm. in it. The name of the book was The Last Town on Earth by Thomas Mullen. And I thought, and you can buy this book for eleven ninety nine on the internet. And I thought, wouldn't there be a lot of unknownness mm-hmm. being the last book on earth? The last town? The on last earth. town on earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't there a lot of unknownness in that? Definitely. Definitely. I want to read some quotes from that book that people had said on that. I guess the author must have known these people. And this book is fiction, but it's it's a fiction that talks about things that really happen in life. The unknownness of happenings is depicted very well in this book. Albert, what's that guy's name? Camus? chemist mm-hmm. states perhaps the easiest way of making a town acquaintance is to a certain and i never know what that word means i can't even say the word hardly a certain how the people in it works how they love and how they die i think about it love and die that's pretty much unknownness so you kind of just examine how they love and how they die there's something there when you watch that okay yeah, and think about it. If people can know how people work and know how people die, that's pretty that is. unknownness. Mm-hmm. Industrial workers of the world slogan is, an injury to one is an injury to all. Oh, couldn't we all have that concept? That means you take care of each other. Exactly. There wouldn't be no unknownness then because you'd have somebody for support. Well, I'll read the book, parts of the book, when we come back from break, and we'll work on unknownness. Mm -hmm. This is a good book. You'll enjoy it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. 
Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to Abba Daddy House 7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. All right, and that was just before we went to break, and that was talking about a book from Thomas, written by Thomas Mullen, The Last Town on Earth. And she was just getting ready to share with you uh, um, some sections out of that book. No, I can't find it. About unknownness. So, yeah, I'm going to read part of that book to you guys and let you hear about the unknownness in it, which matches up with real life. So, it would be good for you guys to hear it. Um, The Last Town on Earth by Thomas Mullen. The sun poked out briefly, evidence of a universe above them, of watchful things, of watchful things. Planets and stars. Yeah, planets and stars and vast galaxies of infinite knowledge, and just as suddenly it retreats behind the clouds. The doctor passed only to other only two other autos during the 15-minute drive saw but a lone pedestrian, even though it was noon on Sunday, at time, a time when people normally would be returning home from church, visiting with friends and family. The flu had been in Timber Falls for three weeks. Now, by the doctor's best estimation, and nearly all traffic on the streets had vanished. The sick was condemned to their homes, and the healthy weren't venturing outside. Unknownness. No one's been down the street. No one's been down the street, he asked the two nurses he was traveling with, both of whom had husbands fighting in France. Unknownness. He was thin, old man with spectacles that had been dirty by the wet, coughs of countless patients. No one, no, one of the nurses said, shaking her head. Amid the swelling of the sick and dying, they hadn't yet reached those this far outside of town, a lonely street where the poorest derelicts and most recent immigrants lived. Neighbors had reported unnerving sound coming from within one of the houses. from within one of the houses but no one had been willing to go out inside and check on the family unknownness the doctor parked beside the house a two-story structure of, of at the base of the slowly rolling hills the ground was all mud the wheels sank in a few inches It even looked as if the house was sinking into the earth, its roof sloping to the right. The house was the last of five narrow buildings that seemed to lean against each other in their grief. Before leaving their car, the visitor fastened gauze masks to their faces, covering their noses and mouth and pulling on thin rubber gloves. The doctor knocked on the door. There was no reply. So he knocked again, harder this time, and indefinitely, and identified himself. Look, one of the nurses said, in the window to the left of the door. They saw a face peering through the sheer curtain. A child, no no more than four years old. Her eyes were large. She appeared ghost-like, neither frightened of... neither frightened of the masked strangers nor particularly interested in them. The nurse lifted a hand to wave. 
But the child made no reply. The doctor knocked again, motioning to the door. But the child just stood there. Finally, the doctor turned the knob and walked inside. All the windows were shut and the door clearly had not been opened in days. He noticed the smell immediately. The little girl at the window turned to watch them. She was wearing an adult flannel shirt over her dirty nightgown and her thick blonde hair was uncombed. She was frighteningly thin. The parlor was a disaster. Clothes and toys and books strewn everywhere. A rocking chair was laying on its side and a lamp had shattered on the floor. As the visitors stepped into the room, two other girls emerged from the chaos, one younger and one slightly older than the girl in the window, slightly older than the girl in the window. They too were oddly dressed, dirty and ghost-like, unknownness. The doctor was about to ask where their parents were, were when he heard coughing, dry and hoarse. He and one of the nurses followed the sound down a short hallway and into a bedroom. The other nurse stayed in the parlor with the children. She knelt on the floor and took some slices of rye bread from her bag. The girls raced towards her, hands extended, fingernails ripped into the food. In seconds, there was nothing left and all six eyes were gazing at her expectantly. In the bedroom, dark curtains were pulled over the windows. The doctor could see two beds, both occupied, intermittent coughs came from the figure on the right, whose head rested on a pillow stained with dark red. The ear lobes, nostrils, and upper lip were blackened with dried blood. The eyes were shut and the lids were dark blue, as was the skin around them. The doctor saw a hand lying on top of the sheets, the fingers the color of wet ink. The small table beside the bed was streaked with blood, and the small table beside the bed was streaked with blood, as was the Bible resting upon it. The man coughed again, and his eyes opened, unfocused. For no more than a second, the nurse knelt beside him to perform the meager duties her training de dedicated, even though she knew they were worthless now. It was better than looking at the figure in the other bed. The woman lay on her side facing her husband, her lips frozen in a grimace of pain. Her thin blonde hair spilled across the pillow, some falling over the others, the side of the bed, and some caked in the dry blood on her face. It was impossible to tell how long she had been dead, as the Spanish flu's corpse looked like looked like any the doctor had seen. This was a sad event of unknownness. As the story unfolds, the author speaks of quarantine, meaning of quarantine. Absolutely no entry allowed. On the account of outbreak, the town is under strict quarantine. This area under constant watch of armed guards. Neither stranger nor friend may pass by beyond this marker. May God protect you. Unknownness. During the time of unknownness, things can happen to you that you don't understand. You may have to do things that that is the hardest thing in the world that you ever had to do. Or you could find your, yourself doing something you swore you'd never do. So um, these little girls, the unknownness in that story was the fact that the Spanish flu had come into this town and a lot of the people had died. And this, these little girls actually were going to be orphans then. Yeah. The unknownness there. Well, their mom had died. Their dad was dying. He was on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. Don't know whether I, I didn't have the I didn't read the full book, mm -hmm. and I didn't read beyond that part whether mm -hmm. his whether their dad lived or not. Mm -hmm. But that's the unknownness part, exactly. And the little kids hadn't been fed; mm -hmm. they don't know for how long. Right. So it was 
It's an awesome story. Of it unknownness. is. It is unknown. It's a very good example of the unknownness of and a whole town. How long did those kids stay in there taking care of themselves? Right. They were definitely in unknownness. Mm-hmm. It's it's really sad because that happens in today. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, it's it's a real life story of fiction. It is. How children, there are children in this world, in the United States and around the world, mm-hmm. that do live in the unknown as well as yeah. the, their moms and dads live in the I mean, unknown. Look at this, the Israel people. There's people over there that, are living in unknownness. Mm -hmm. There's people over there that are starving Mm -hmm. because they don't have any food. They don't have the means to get any food. Right. Yeah. And there's other unknowns. Like you said, there's, there's famine, there's um, illnesses. Yeah. And there's just a lot of unknownness in the world and that we face it every day. You don't know if you're going to come home that night. You don't, you know, you don't know that when you kiss somebody goodbye, that, that that's going to happen, that you're not going to come home again or they're not going to come home again because that is the unknownness that we live with. Yeah, my biggest unknownness was when my son died. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we went down to Lewiston, went shopping, mm-hmm. doing all kinds of stuff, come home, went down the hill to chop wood with Larry and and here was you, Larry, me, Robert, mm-hmm. the three horses, the dog. Mm-hmm. He went back up, went to bed, never woke up again. Nope. The unknownness. The unknownness. The thing is, though, that the part of what isn't unknown there is that Robert knew Jesus as his Savior. And so even though we didn't know that that was going to happen, we knew where he went. And yeah. we'll tell you the rest of the stuff when we come back from break. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4, verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a Testimony of God's Healing Power. Find it today. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abbadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. Okay, we're back from our break, and I want to finish what I was saying about whoever invites the most people to um, listen listen to our show, they can call in and they can tell us how many people they invited. We'll run that one for about, let's say, one month, four weeks, four Friday shows. And if we get a call, someone call in and they say they've invited 10 people, how many people calls in before after them? If somebody will figure out who had the most, and I will give them a picture. Okay. Too. Okay. So. All right. And she won't give me a picture, guys. So it doesn't count how many people I invite. That's because she is a picture. <laughs> okay, Myrna. Okay. You guys. Something to so share. Um, I was reading the newspaper, um, the Lewiston Tribune, and 
we were, and it fit right into the show, uh, we've had a lot of flooding around here. There's been people that has, their homes have had to be, um, they've had to evacuate, excuse me, their homes. And there's, Annette and I were going to go on Highway 12 tomorrow and look at the waterfalls because it's spring and, yeah. and we're supposed, and that would be great to look at the waterfalls. And we had it all mapped out what highway signs and where we'd have to stop and then walk back to the waterfalls. Well, Highway 12 is closed because of mudslides. So that was next. Um, but one of the things I wanted to mention was that there is um, Sheriff Lieutenant Doug Ulmer of Kuski, Idaho, entered unknownness when he jumped in the rushing water to help rescue people. He narrowly escaped danger himself. And I bet that morning when he was drinking his first cup of coffee that he has plans for that morning wasn't that, that he was going to jump in and jump into that unknownness. And, and that's what our heroes do, though. They jump into the unknownness because it's just automatic. They don't even think about themselves. They set self aside to save someone else's life. And we have heroes all around us. We have heroes in the military. We have po- heroes in the police department. We have heroes in the emergency rescue system. We have heroes, just the regular heroes in our lives. A doctor can be a hero. A doctor is a hero. Nurses. I got a doctor that's checking mm-hmm. me out thoroughly, and he's my hero. He is. So, and I'm sure you guys have heroes in your life. So, we need to, you know, you need to stop sometime and, and say just thank you. Because, you know, it was like this morning when we stopped and, and talked to those guys. Um, Don, oh, let me look. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to miss their names. Don, Troy, and Eric. Okay. They appreciated that. It yes. helps them. It kind of helps build them up. Of course, they still want us to get, get the chocolate the chip, chip cookies. cookies for them. Yeah. So, we're so, going to have to work on that one. Yeah, we are. But, so just... When people extend kindness or just do their job well, you can extend them kindness, right? Yeah. Because you never know. Well, we can give kindness to even people who don't do their job good because kindness comes in many packages. You know what? Maybe if you do that, they'll have a better day and maybe they'll be encouraged to do a better job. Right. Instead of that negative reinforcement, some positive stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, Back in, and this we're headed back to unknownness, back in, I looked at my journal in January of 2016, I wrote something that has to do with unknownness. And knowing that, what, three years, over three years later, 16, 17, 18, 19, yeah, um, sorry, I hit the mic, about three years later that I was going to use this, but I, I went through some of my journals and, and this kind of popped out. So I, I want to um, I want to read this to you. And when Annette said that I had the gift of writing, I go right back to I, I know it's a gift from God, but I also know that I got that gift honestly from my dad. Yes, he writes very. My nice. dad wrote a lot of stuff, and after he died, I um, I. I got his writings. I don't even remember how I got his writings because he died in 1989. And, um, and I, I made a booklet for my siblings because I wanted them to share. I wanted to share with them my dad's heart and his thoughts. And, and so sometimes when I write, I think, is this from dad? You know, is, would dad have written this? And it's a gift from God. And so... I, so my dad, it does come from dad. It comes from my Abba daddy and not my biological dad. But I do think about dad when I write sometimes. So walking down the path, some call it the road of life, smooth pavement, not even a pebble in the road. But as life goes on, sooner or later, pebbles arise. We call them the challenges of life. These aren't so bad. In fact, they're easy to handle. Life continues. Then intermingled with the pebbles are rocks. The pebbles have pretty much prepared you for the rocky times. Sure, there's an occasional stumble resulting in a bruised ego and a broken heart, but nothing you can't handle. Have you ever had one of those? Just, you know, you just kind of stumble on the rock a little bit. Oh, yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I have two. I've even stubbed my toe till the toenail hurts. (laughs) (laughs) Well, considering I can't chew gum and walk... Literally. Oh, we know that. Okay. Okay, but we're talking about life here. Well, that is life. I can't do that. Uh-huh. Then one day, 
out of nowhere, the biggest boulder ever envisioned comes barreling down the path towards you. You realize there is no escape. Unknownness. Panic sets in. Unknownness. You've never had to face something this massive. As it rolls closer, you feel smaller, overwhelmed, doomed. Fear freezes you. You manage to cry out for help. Unknownness. But when you cry out, it reminds you of, of how people sound in the movies when they sound when they are about to die. And because you recognize that. So yelling doesn't release the paralysis. How about avoiding? Nope. The boulder still has you as its target. What good is getting angry at the boulder? Really? How productive would that be? It doesn't care. It's a boulder. After all, it's just another day in the life of a boulder. So you have all of the, this tragedy coming toward you. You have the unknownness of all of it, and it's coming down your path. And you know what that is right now. You know that. I don't know if it's, the, if it's an illness, the illness of a loved one, um, a divorce, some other type of relationship problems, finances, um, a spiritual issue. You name the boulder because it's coming down the path towards you. So just think about that. Arnold. Your perpetrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you told me to name it, so I named mm-hmm. it. <laughs> a perpetrator, yeah, a sexual abuse perpetrator. Yeah. Okay. And it could also be addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, addiction to pornography, addiction to drugs, addiction to alcohol. Man, I mean, that boulder, you could put all sorts of names on it. Addiction to opiates. So, or addiction to a relationship. All right, so. Yeah, that's a big one for some people. Yeah. You quickly estimate that you have five seconds until it pulverizes you into a shattered mess. Yelling, avoiding, getting angry, all useless tactics, unknownness. Hopelessness submits to the oncoming destruction as its shadow grows closer and closer. At the last moment, in desperation, you drop to your knees and you cry out, Jesus, help me. Cringing, waiting, waiting, unknownness, waiting for the impact that never comes. Slowly opening your eyes, you look around in unbelief. The boulder is it's directly behind you. But it didn't exit the path. The only way it could have gotten to the present location was to roll right over you or even more unbelievably, unknownness, go right through you. Very shaken and totally confused, you stand up. Knees wobbling, hands sweating, mind puzzled. What just happened? I mean, you don't stop and look for holes? No. (laughs) Unknownness. Something is different. No broken bones, not even a scratch. No fear. This can't be. How? Unknownness. Then you sense a presence other than your own. Someone is standing in front of you. Close enough for you to touch that person. Yes, that person took the hit of the boulder for you. He has all the wounds, blood on his brow, stripes on his back, bruises cover his body, a piercing hole in his side. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay his life down for his friend. That's written in John 15, 13. Jesus said that. You cried for help. He answered with his life to save yours. Peace. So the question is this. Where is your unknownness? Unknownness is not unknown when you know Jesus. Okay, let me say that again. Unknownness is not unknown when you know Jesus. When you ask him for help, when you ask him to be your savior, uh, you'll still experience unknownness. And we do, don't we? But you won't be alone. 
and you won't be defeated. The Bible says where there's breath, there's life, and that's in Ecclesiastes. Ask Jesus to breathe new life into you and talk about a breath of fresh air. Because when those boulders come, you're going to need him. I can't imagine living life with those boulders without him. Annette, what do you think? I would not want to live life without him. No. That would be, to me, that would be utter foolishness. Yeah. Because I've had Jesus with me since since I've been 10 years old. And he was there before, Mm -hmm. too. But I could not see myself. I could not live my life without him. But so, you know, when the boulders come out, when the boulders start coming, then that's what you do. You just, you know, finally you cry out. What we need to learn when we don't do that all the time because we panic, we don't cry out first. We try to, we panic. I run. She runs. When we come back from break, we're going to continue this unknownness and how to handle it. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Look for Annette and Myrna's book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a testimony of God's healing power. The book elucidates the journey of how Annette Smith gained healing from living as a child and other people. The book is available through Amazon.com in both paperback and Kindle formats. Anyone who is looking for guidance from God and feeling that life is hopeless should read this book, Turning the Curse into a Blessing, a testimony of God's healing power. Find it today. Abba Daddy House Incorporated was founded by Myrna Thatcher and Annette Smith. We provide pro bono counseling for those caught in the insurance gap. We also provide basic needs for those who have great difficulty making it from one month to the next. Donations for expanding our business are always appreciated. Remember Philippians 4 verse 3. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel. Visit AbbaDaddyHouse.org. listening to Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to abbadaddyhouse7 at gmail.com. Now, back to Myrna and Annette. All right, we are back and we were talking about unknownness and the pebbles and the rocks and the boulders in our life. And how that can be handled. So, and you, you, know, you know, some of the unknownness in our lives are mild. And it's easier to handle a mild unknownness. And, you know, what is mild to somebody can be very could detrimental. Be a, uh, could be a boulder to someone else. That's right. People all the time come into our office and say, you know, I feel foolish for being here because it's not so bad. Because mm-hmm. I've heard about other people's boldness. Uh, boulders and I tell them all the time don't sit there and say it's not so bad and one woman said I should not be sitting here crying Mm -hmm. and I looked Mm -hmm. at her and say you for real Mm -hmm. what's bad to you is Mm -hmm. bad Mm -hmm. I mean think about it it hurt you why isn't it bad so people do try to minimize right and if if they're in our office and they're hurting that's 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 a boulder that's a boulder even if it's one thing Mm -hmm. because one thing can hurt you as bad as that somebody that's had 20 things done Mm -hmm. to them Mm -hmm. and i i try so hard to tell people that you know you cannot sit there and make up excuses for what's happened to you Mm -hmm. there is no excuse for it it's still an unknownness it's still a painful moment mm-hmm. and if if you can't get it solved by talking it out or working it out then you need help mm-hmm. and always seek help yeah because you don't want to bury it down it comes up later exactly. it blows up on you it does and you know what that's not good because then it affects you yeah. it affects your family it affects other people yeah. in your life and sometimes it turns out to be something you bury with drugs yep alcohol and that's not good. Or other 
unhealthy habits. Yeah. Overeating. Overeating. I, I gained up to 335 pounds, and that was not good for me. It affected my bones. It affected my health. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That calls for early death. Yeah. And I was getting there. It wears your body out. Yeah, I ended up in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Not in a wheelchair now. I'm trying to escape it because if I don't take care of my health and my life, I will be back in a wheelchair. My body, my mm-hmm. bones aren't holding up to weight. You know, as I um, was thinking about this show this morning in my prayer time, um, I kind of, and I tested the spirit on this one, but um, the Lord was taught. I says, well, Lord, you know, what do we, what do we say? What do you want us to say to the world? Because we, we want to say what you want to say. Um, we want to, want you to speak to us and through us. And um, Larry and I have been, we'll be married 46 years in June. And yes, I'm, I am that old. Yes, I am. <laughs> but hang in there. Um, so when we got married, we had lots of unknownness because we were very young and we were, um, had no job, was between junior and senior year in high school and pregnant. And that was a lot of unknownness. We, yeah, that was a lot of unknownness. But in that, I knew Jesus. And sure, I made a mistake. Sure, I did. You mean you were perfect? No, nope. Nope, and I haven't gotten any better. And here I became your friend because I thought you were perfect. Oh. So do I have to quit being your friend? That's your decision, but I hope not. Okay. (laughs) So, I mean, I just look at that, and I think – about that whole unknownness. And I look at my grandchildren and I think, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? You know? You you think? I do. I did then too. But anyway, probably not very well at that point. But, (laughs) But I don't regret it. I don't regret it. I don't regret walking to that unknownness because every day was an unknownness for Larry and me. And here we are almost 46 years later. And... We made it against all odds. Believe me, enough people told us that against all odds. And it was okay because we had Jesus. And I hung on to Jesus, like our our former Pastor Harold would say, hang on to Jesus for all it's worth. I didn't know Pastor Harold back then because I was in Kansas and he was, I don't know where he was, but um, I did. I hung on to Jesus. And our relationship has had our unknownness as far as our ups and our downs. But, you know, you work together. You work together. And it, it'll work. It works when you know, when you know, like I said earlier, when you in the unknownness, if you know Jesus, then you're not alone in the unknownness. In my lifetime, I regret so many things that yeah. I did yeah. without yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, I made mistakes in my life. But you can't always look back. You have to keep looking Mm -hmm. forward. Mm -hmm. Unknownness is something that can creep up on you. And if you let it get a hand on you, then you'll break. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to look forward, not look back at unknownness. Mm -hmm. Because. So how do you do that? You tell yourself, I'm going to go forward. I can do this. I can be strong. You got to take your thoughts captive. Exactly. I read that somewhere. I did too. And it's, it, you know what? It, it can work. It can. Hmm. You think the maker knows what he's talking about? I think about? he knows what he's talking about in his word. You know what in we the Bible. should do? What? We need to read uh, a little children's story on our deal. <sighs> Which one? Ma- uh, Max Licato book. Okay. Yeah. You are special? Yeah. Oh, man. I love reading that book, guys. It's a good solution to unknownness. It is a good solution to unknownness. We should have brought that. Well, it'll be for the next show because we're going to talk about dots and stars. Are we? Yeah. Now you guys know what we're going to do next week. Yeah. I I love reading that book. We we read it to adult clients. We just read it yesterday to a client. Because you know what? This is our next show. It's about not, not letting people put dots and stars on you. Okay. And because that's what life is about. 
who thinks good they're gooder than the other better than gooder. the other gooder oh, okay the other. all right well i was going to say better but gooder's better no gooder is gooder gooder is gooder uh-huh, gooder's not better okay no. no okay worse is worser is it uh-huh. okay you see the dictionary in her in her brain guys you see where i'm coming from here okay well, and if you don't if you don't air your laundry out you won't have to worry about the neighbor's business either. right and we've we've actually went through that one we have explained that one and the door is ajar Yes. Okay, we've, we've been put there. put jars in your doors. Either. That's right. We have been there. I'm telling you. <laughs> Her mom was finished, and we've explained a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, she taught me well. But it's been fun. It is, we've had lots of laughs about certain things, yeah. and it's like, they used oh. to tell me that I was in a pickle, and I told them I wasn't. I've never been inside one my day in my That's life. That's right. She's never been pickled. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun guys it's really yeah. fun it i would have really been an unknownness if they just stuck me in a pickle yeah in a pickle jar yeah. <laughs> then i would have been a jar in a pickle that's right so i guess what we're trying to get across to you today in amongst all of this is that you don't have to be alone in your unknownness because right. jesus is walking right there he's waiting for you to take his hand and say hey I can't do this alone. I can't do well, this alone. One of his favorite, bestest words in the whole world. Bestest. Yeah, in the whole world was, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And you know That's what? Right. He doesn't. No, he doesn't. Because he's never left me a day in the life, right. my life. And some people don't know what forsake means, so I like to say he'll never leave you or turn his back on you. He doesn't either. He doesn't. In all of my fears, he's proved to me he's been there. Yep. And you know what? I've had times when my own family members have walked away from me. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It doesn't bother me. My daughter, God bless her soul, she gets so angry at me. And sometimes I think that that she's so badly hurt that she doesn't understand things. And she walks away from me. But I wait. Because mm-hmm. I know God will heal her broken heart. And that's what I pray and that's for. Exactly. We just leave her to God, right? Right. Because we can't do anything, but God can. Yeah. And he will. He will. Absolutely. Well, guys, we are at the end of our show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. And if you need something, House 7 at gmail.com, you can, you can email us. And we will talk about dots and stars next week. And I get to read the book. We will. So we will talk with you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. I love you guys. Thank you for being here this week. Be sure to join hosts Annette Smith and Myrna Thatcher for another edition of Abba Daddy Girls Speak Out next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Enjoy the upcoming weekend.